Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at the hockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. This is the Leaf Sky Podcast. Here's your host, Jim Taddy. Hi, everybody. Jim Taddy here. Welcome to Season 3, Episode Number 1 of Leaf Sky. As the Leafs get set to maybe get the job done this year, obviously there's past failures there in the first playoff round, but we'll develop that story as we move along. Our guest today will be publisher and reporter of Inside the Maple Leafs with the Sports Illustrated Media Group, and his name is David Alter, a regular on these podcasts in the past. Before we get going, something you should consider, and you're already well aware that the NFL is in action and it's in full swing here at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 in any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If that's not enough, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Right now, for every leg you can add, you can boost your winnings up to 100% with payouts bigger than ever. Why bet on football anywhere else? To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game all season long. Ladies and gentlemen, here's the call to action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code THPN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet in any football game. That's the code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for complete details. All right, on to the hockey story. The Prospects Tournament is over. On to the main cap now as it opens, and it opens with the news that Engvall and Lilligren are out with injury, so that means opportunity knocks for at least one forward and at least one defenseman. Plenty of story angles on this particular team, and, of course, there's that just uh, albatross, that elephant in the room, not getting through the first round of the playoffs, and I think we were guilty in the past of looking at that and thinking during the course of the regular season, because they did this in December, because they did this in February or March, it would indicate that devil was going to be exercised, but it didn't happen. So I don't know exactly how to approach this season other than let's see what happens. Just before we dip into that conversation with David Alter, lately I've been listening to a lot of music and it's been great. One of the reasons it's been great to listen to because I use my Raycon wireless earbuds to do it. Raycon's everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever. 
With optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit, these earbuds are so comfortable and they will not budge. Trust me. Raycons give you eight hours of playtime and a 32-hour battery life. Raycons are priced just right. You get quality audio at half the price of other premium audio brands. It's no wonder Raycons Everyday Earbuds have over 50,000 five-star reviews. Now, here's a couple of things that I really like about this. Earbud tap functions, noise isolation. Here is the call to action. Go to buyraycon.com today. Use code THPN15 to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's code THPN15 at buyraycon.com. Score 15% off. Buyraycon.com, code THPN15. That's all you need to know, and listen up. All right, here is our conversation with David Alter, publisher and reporter of Inside the Maple Leafs for Sports Illustrated Media Group. All right, David. Well, let's go back to the prospects camp. And, you know, yeah, I guess you can get uh, sort of bent out of shape about who could make a name for themselves at that. But I think my interest would be in the goaltending department, just because I think there's a, you know, once we deal with the Leafs goaltending, there's all that, there's a glut of people underneath the, the, the two NHL goaltenders. And all, I don't quite frankly know how all this shakes out. What's your read on, on what's below uh, the Marlies and below for the Leafs goaltending wise? Yeah, so I think uh, beyond the two the two NHL level goalies that we will see, the the hope is that uh, Joseph Wall and Eric Schalgren got enough NHL experience last year that if needed to fill in on spot duty or go on a bit of a run, that they can. Whether that can translate, it's not clear. Obviously, the circumstances are a lot different. Uh, and while Shalgren had that great debut and everything looked like it was great, it, as the season kind of got along, it didn't look like there was the same kind of confidence that he was going to be necessarily the answer. But it was still promising. So after that, a prospects camp, the, the guy who really stood out is Keith Petruzzelli. He has kind of bounced around the Marlies and the ECHL for the last couple of years, but Man, there were a couple of those games where, you know, it, it really is a circus in some of these prospects games where there's just grade A chances giving up breakaways the other way. And the moves that this guy was able to make was was unreal. Uh, he's a big frame, which the Leafs like in goaltenders. And uh, he, he could be something at a higher level should he need to be called upon. Um, Luke Cavillan and, um, and, and some of the other goalies that the Leafs are going to have further down in the system still kind of need to prove themselves. Keith Petruzzelli has played enough pro uh, pro games now that I think it would make sense for him to try and get some, some starts in the ECHL again. But again, if everyone's healthy and they've got Samsonov and Murray at the top, and then you've got wall and Shalgren, it it doesn't really leave a lot of room beyond that. So uh, the Leafs kind of have to not hope, but, you won't really know unless there's missteps where they have to throw a guy in that they didn't expect. And that guy just miraculously has a run at the NHL level. It really is a bit of a crapshoot. Well, but even for what you said there, I mean, there's, there's sort of a, uh, and you can disagree with, with uh, who's in the spots, but there's a pecking order that, that really goes two in the top team, two in the Marlies and another prospect who's pushing up. I don't think that the Leafs have had that, that sort of uh, clear definition in quite some time. No, they haven't. And uh, I mean, at the, they haven't really had to test that, right? Like, I mean, they would bring guys up, but 
if you go back to two years ago when Frederick Anderson got hurt and they were bringing up Jack Campbell, they had Michael Hutchinson up, right? And Michael Hutchinson was getting a lot of these starts and, you know, it was a lot of mixed bag experience, but not enough where they felt like their prospects were developing. It wasn't until this season that the Leafs were kind of forced to not go with Hutchinson after some poor performance up and go with Joseph Wall and Eric Schalgren, that they really got a taste for what their prospects can do because, you know, playing against different shots and different systems at the NHL level is very different than at the minor league level. So uh, they haven't had that. Uh, the Leafs are hoping they don't really have to have that this season and and bring up a lot of guys and with Murray and Samsonov now as the one and two in whichever order we'll see. But um, yeah, it's it, they haven't really had that, and and uh, they're really going to have to ch- kind of keep going with the status quo with the goalie solutions that they have right now. Okay, so let's sort of wrap up the prospects tournament. You were there, so uh, when you look at the Leafs prospect tournament storyline, what what sort of sticks to the wall for you? Yeah, so I mean, Nick Robertson to to some people's surprise was there again. Um, and you know, it was a mixed bag. There were times where it looked like he was trying to overplay his situation, kind of play like he was going to dominate. But then by doing that, he was making some key mistakes that led to, to bad breakdowns the other way. So I was a bit surprised by him. It kind of told me that he has a little bit of maturity still left in his game that, you know, it it could change with the preseason games in camp that way. Um, but it, it wasn't a good sign there. I really liked Alex Steve's game. Uh, he, he told me that he, he had worked on his skating. He had a long conversation with Leafs development staff and they kind of had an honest breakdown of what kind of player he projects to be at the NHL level. And he really just kind of focused on skating, which was the one weakness. He has all the other, uh, strengths in terms of positioning, size, uh, shot, and, um, you know, Pavel Gogolev was another guy who surprised me a little bit, had a lot of speed, was hard on the four check. This was a guy last year who had a down year. The Leafs were expecting him to make a, a significant step up and he regressed to the point where he had to be sent down to the ECHL. And, um, yeah, he, he seemed like he was on a mission to never let that happen again. So that was a good sign. Nick Abruzzese looked a bit overqualified for that spot as well. Uh, he was pretty aggressive in there. Fraser Minton was really hard on the four check. Uh, it was really good to see from him. He had a couple of NHL great players on his side, uh, on his side, so that helped as well. So th- those were just some of the key takeaways for me there. And William Villeneuve uh, got a lot of good reps on defense. Uh, I think he has a lot of room to kind of grow into being a potential depth defenseman for the Maple Leafs for years to come. You know, as you were describing that, I was thinking of how you described the goaltending. And, and, you know, I think maybe that you could look at this as a positive is that the layers on the Leafs depth chart are are getting stronger, aren't they? Yeah, they are. And look, it's going to come with another year of experience. It's going to come with a lot of a lot of ways to kind of get better, like just working on your skills and and being focused in that regard. So it's it's uh, interesting because when you're just looking at Leaf prospects and how they go with themselves at development camp, 
all you could really kind of evaluate is how they played against each other, where this prospects camp, it was a good reflection of where they are compared to the depths of others. And the results didn't necessarily reflect like they were ahead, but the chemistry is still something they kind of have to figure out. And um, yeah, it gives you a sense of who could be ready to make that jump and who still needs that AHL or ECHL seasoning. There's a lot of guys who are there that are only going to get their first taste of pro hockey this year. Uh, and, and guys like Fraser Minton, who's just going to get sent back to his junior club. So um, there, there's a lot still to go in, in terms of figuring that out. But um, yeah, the Leafs prospect pool is, it's really a mixed bag. We'll see. You don't really know what you have until they get the call and they, they get thrown into that position. But some of the guys who have NHL experience did look like they were maybe a bit of class above the rest. Okay. So we're, we're talking as campus is about set open. So, you know, things could get dated, but, but, but I think the general observation, David would be, you know, they added some, some uh, bottom six forwards to add some grit. I mean, what do you, what do you make of what they've done up front? Yeah, I mean, the Cali Yarncroke uh, addition at four years times 2.1, I think is the one that stands out the most. Uh, Calgary was kind of hoping he would be that aggressive middle six forward in the playoffs, and it didn't quite pan out for them. But it might have been a situation where he was miscast. He was put in a center role where I think the Leafs would likely kind of use him on the wing with their center depth that they have. So... I like that addition for them. Whether that's enough, I don't know. Other than that, it's just taking a gamble on some bodies. Uh, you know, Obey Kubel is a guy who has speed that the Leafs are hoping for, or are at least hoping will kind of compensate for the for losing Ilya Mikheyev because he was such an aggressive forechecker and backchecker with his speed that that's going to be really hard to replace. And uh, Adam Goddet is another guy that the Leafs are kind of taking a Michael Bunting-esque kind of gamble on where he showed the player he was in his first year with Vancouver by being able to produce and find that scoring touch again, which he says was after figuring out a stomach issue that was preventing him from adding weight, that they only in the last couple of years that they were able to kind of fix that. And he's been able to add the NHL muscle that he's able to be that guy. So Leafs are taking that, that bet low bet similar to what they did for someone like uh, bunting and hoping that he can really blossom in that spot. So there's a lot of educated guesses that could work out in terms of forward depth, but I mean, it's, it's tough. Like outside of their core, there isn't really much different about this team and outside of the playoff lack of success, there really isn't any reason to, to shuffle anything up. So I like it, but it, we'll see how it is in practice. There's there's going to be a lot to figure out in terms of what fits and what doesn't fit. And now with the reports out that uh, Pierre Engvall could miss camp and potentially more, those guys are going to be even more important. Yeah, and that's that's really sort of the key going forward is you can take what's left from last year and sort of project it forward but not all of it goes forward. There are missteps, there are injuries, and and maybe point totals or goal totals not reached. So you can't do you can't do an edit on last year and, and plug it into this year. It, it's uh, it's like a, it's a new recipe, isn't it? Yeah, it it really is. I mean, look, you've got lines that are kind of established that you can kind of at least go with to start. 
Like I, I would be shocked if Michael Bunting isn't on the top line with Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner to start the season. Um, then you've got someone like an Alex Kerfoot who's played well on that second line. And that's a, a nice safe bet. If no one else kind of rises and they don't need to recast Kerfoot into other positions. And then other that, other than that, it's just finding where the new guys fit in that bottom six. Right. So, yeah. so it, it really is kind of roll with the punches and with the way they produce offensively, it's hard to argue doing anything different, right? Offense has never been the issue in the last few years with this team. It's not that it's everything on the other side and the two way play, the goaltending, which we've talked about uh, the defense, you can argue has improved quite a bit as they got older. And now they uh, they've got, Mark Giordano back for a full season and another one in a new commitment. So yeah, they, they look really good in that regard. It's just finding the chemistry and, and if they can keep up with how much better the division got around them too, because there is that adage that if you're not improving or if you're staying the same, you're not improving because yeah. the other teams around you improve. So that's another thing to look out for. Well, on, on that point, I think the pressure comes from teams below uh, the teams at the top. Uh, I think there's, I think there's going to be some drop off at oh, the top yes. of the division. I, I think the Leafs are okay. I think maybe Florida might be a little less. I don't know. Uh, no, Tampa, for sure. because it's another year, might be a little less, and Boston yeah. might be a well, little well, less. Well, yeah, like they could, they could kind of find themselves in that same spot. But I really like a lot of what Ottawa did this year. I expect yeah. Ottawa to be knocking on the door for a playoff spot this year. In fact, there could be five teams that make the playoffs out of that division. And while Florida was the best team overall, I think there are better teams suited for the playoffs after the move they made to get Matthew Kachuk. Yeah. And now Matthew Kachuk being in that division is going to make things a little bit tougher. So the Leafs, you know, they'll be a playoff team. Will they get the same amount of points? I don't know. But that might, that's not their goal, right? Like, uh, no. I mentioned this on uh, another podcast I was doing the other day and a radio interview that um, regular season success has not translated to the playoffs in one key stat that I was able to find, which is the last four president's trophy winners have all lost four consecutive playoff games en route to elimination. <laughs> so well, whether it was they got swept or they won two and then lost the next four, you know, you need to learn some adversity during the regular season uh, in order to figure out what you are as a team. And and that's exactly what Florida found out uh, the hard way in that second round against Tampa. Yeah, so, absolutely. I, I yeah. think that, you know, you, you've touched on something that I've been wanting to articulate, uh, but haven't had the space to do it. But so when we're talking about the regular season with the Leafs, I'm, I'm just trying to come up with some context because last year, I think we kept looking for signs that would uh, show us that things could work out in the playoffs this year because of the constant failure in the first round. I, I think the uh, what happens in the regular season is what happens in the regular season. There is no context. Yeah, no, it really isn't. That's why you see a lot of these arguments about making the regular season shorter and trying to build around making more money in the playoffs in that regard, because no one, no one gives you it, it, like, it's just, it's not, it's not right to equate regular season and playoff success in the same way when the playoffs mean that much more and they're played in such a fewer 
amount of time like in such a shorter amount of time right yeah like if well, you went to 70 regular season games made a more prestigious mid-season tournament and made the playoffs up for more money you can make the argument that you'll actually as a whole from an nhl revenue standpoint make more money that way because it is their crown jewel everyone talks about how the best playoffs in the world is the nhl playoffs that you really gotta milk it and yeah. uh and kind of figure out ways to kind of do that and and um you know i mean the economics would have to be figured out in terms of what players are getting paid but uh if you can make more money in the playoffs that way i think you've got to at least explore it because it's it's really what the world knows the nhl for and i i think that you know from september to april it can get very monotonous during the year when you know that what really matters is coming around the corner well, you know, you, you you said something there. I have to redo the economics, and and this yeah. isn't the only sport that suffers from that. Um, all all records and and uh, all payment are are based on regular seasons, uh, and the playoffs are, are a bonus. It probably should be the other way around because that's that's the the relevance is what you do in the playoffs. But right. you know, market value for a player is based on eighty two games, points, goals, and all of that, and and then you end up paying somebody six million bucks and they can't play well in the playoffs. It doesn't make a lot of sense, but that's what we have. No, and then you saw what Tampa did where two of their main players in the 2021 playoff, uh, regular season were unavailable. And yeah. then game one of the playoffs, they're available because they know what matters, right? Like that's, yeah. you know, people complained about that, but I mean, that's working it. That's being smart. That's sure. how you're supposed to do it. That's having the awareness of knowing what matters and what doesn't matter. Like that's why you have those guys and that's all about preservation and winning regular season plot. It's really doesn't mean a heck of a lot. It's an accomplishment, but this isn't European sports or soccer where like winning a, a tro like winning in the regular season is enough. Like it, everything when it comes to marketing and merch sales and, and being the butt of every joke about, you know, not winning a cup since 67, all that stuff. It's all about the playoffs. That's really what this is all about. And uh, that's why people kind of grow impatient with it. Cause they, cause Leaf fans kind of sit and wait, they see all this promise, but then it can all be over quickly. And for whatever reason, they're not getting over the hump and it's hard to blame them for last year because there were so many things that could have gone the other way and they did play hard, but uh, we don't live life in a vacuum and, you know, it's the questions that they still kind of have to figure out. Okay, David, let's end on this. We we circled around. We talked about everything but the Leafs goaltending, uh, Murray and, and Samsonov, and and I don't know exactly what to make of it, but but I think there's there's a case there for uh, it being better in in terms of uh, it's a little more solid as opposed to one guy and cross your fingers, isn't it? Yeah, like look, I think this is the Leafs. Uh, based on our other point, I think this is the Leafs awareness of also knowing what matters, which is the playoffs. They saw promise in Matt Murray can find his game and reclaim it at any point, right? Like you saw that toward the end of the season in Ottawa. Um, you've got Ilya Samsonov who has at least shown he can carry a load of regular season games like he did for the Washington Capitals. And then once they get to the playoffs, you don't know what happens with goalie performance. People can turn it on and off. And at least you have someone who has a track record of performing very well at the playoff level when the pressure is at its highest. And that's Matt Murray. 
And for that reason, it makes sense because they have other goalies. Like we talked about at the top in the show who can fill in and, and play spot duty if they have to, if there is some underperformance, but when the playoffs start, anyone's available to you. And if there's some misperformance or whatever, you can throw Matt Murray in and he can just find lightning in a bottle and get it done. Everything's about the playoffs again. And, and, uh, what I saw from Jack Campbell and he's fully deserving of the contract he got in Edmonton is I saw there were times where, you know, in the 2021 playoffs, not as much in the 2022 playoffs, but especially in his first playoffs, you know, there were some soft goals that went in. You need a goalie to stand on your head because all the other offensive numbers and all those other things don't mean anything. If you don't have a top caliber goalie there. And, and so even though Colorado got it done with Darcy Kemper, there's a reason why Tampa won the last two cups before and got to the finals last year. It's because they had a top caliber goalie in Andre Vasilevsky who can make those saves when they need them. So that's what the Leafs are banking on with Matt Murray. And if, if he struggles in the regular season, it's not a big deal because there's a lot of time to figure it out. And they've got Sam Sonov and they've got other goalies in the system that can carry the load And then if someone falters in the playoffs, you've got Matt Murray who can find his game again and you can throw him in. And it makes a lot of sense for so many reasons. David, thanks for your time. Really appreciate it. You got it. All right. As we end the proceedings, let's play a little training camp. Yes, guy, no guy. Yes, guy, no guy. Number one, the Leafs goaltending scares you. Well, yes, guy. I'm not petrified, but it does scare me. But that may not be a bad thing. Yes, guy, no guy, number two. This is a season-long process. Oh, yes, guy. I'm not looking for anything in November that's going to tell me what's going to happen in early May. So that's an emphatic yes, guy. And we close out on this one. This is a game-by-game assessment. An emphatic yes, guy, to that. As I said before, we're not going to look at anything that happens in this regular season and try and project it into the playoffs. Totally irrelevant. So you have to go slowly here. I hope that helps. Thanks for stopping by. I hope you enjoyed episode number one of season three of Leaf Sky. I hope you come back next week for episode number two.